It's Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020, and you're listening to America's new number one side dish to accompany your usual plate of conservative podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast podcast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by. As always, Steak for Breakfast podcast is brought to you by StayReadyGear.com. If you need firearms, firearms, accessories, holsters, anything of that nature, Stay Ready Gear is your source. Also brought to you by ManRubs.com, 100% made in USA, veteran owned and operated. Good stuff. You know where you could uh, put in those Stay Ready Gear holsters is a firearm. And there's only one place on the West Coast that you could find those. And that's at West Coast Survival Arms. Mike has been servicing Southern California and the entire United States for over a decade. Uh, operates out of San Diego. And he can be reached on Facebook at West Coast Survival Arms. By email at info at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. And via the telephone at 619 870 6992. Again, West Coast Survival Arms. Mike will take care of all your firearms, firearms needs, accessories, ammo, FFL, droves. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, so we're running on a skeleton crew today. It's just going to be me and Roan. Uh, I'm Noah. This is Roan. Besides me, who is Roan, I'm joined by Noah. Uh, we lost Nick to some mold. Very unfortunate. Uh, Raiden's sleeping. Not here for He's once. Sleeping somewhere else. Right. Dakota is uh, snowboarding because hashtag priorities. But uh, this is the People's Podcast, and the news cycle continues to turn. So we are here to bring it to you. And uh, let's get started. Perfect. So going back. Um, a little over a week. We talked about it at the end of two shows ago, but didn't cover it last show because I was still really frustrated about it. And that was the, the fallout from the Supreme Court rejecting the Texas versus Pennsylvania, which wound up turning into, it snowballed into Texas and the universe versus Pennsylvania. Trash. Yeah, the Supreme Court, they, they failed to hear the case um, that was initiated by Texas it eventually swelled to over a hundred Republican representatives, 18 state attorney generals, 25 states, two territories, and Washington, D.C. Um, and like I said, going back a minute, um, on December 11th, the Supreme Court of the United States officially denied a motion to file a bill of complaint for lack of standing. Um, there was a... Uh, statement that was given out it was kind of a joint statement by clarence thomas and samuel alito that basically stated the state of texas's motion to 
file a bill of complaint is denied for lack of standing under Article 3 of the Constitution. They filed under Article 2. Uh, Texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in a manner which another state conducts its elections. All other pending motions are dismissed as moot. Statement of Justice Alito, with whom Justice Thomas joins, I'm quoting now from their opinion. In my view, we do not have a discretion to deny the filing of a bill compliant in a case that falls within an original jurisdiction. And they referenced Arizona v. California um, from February 24 of 2020, with um, also saying, I would therefore grant the motion to file a bill of complaint, but would not grant other relief. And I express no view on any other issue regarding that. So nothing on merit in regards to violations of the Constitution. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that the Supreme Court, and, and we've talked about it, and, and like I said, I'm kind of painting a picture right now. We're going back a week and a half. By the end of the show, all the listeners are going to understand what we're trying to get to here of the big scheme of things going on. It's been a month and two weeks, two and a half weeks now since the election, and... Uh, you know, we're, we're hitting up towards some hard deadlines here. Um, most importantly, January 6th, when the, the Electoral College convenes with the uh, joint session of the House and Senate to uh, certify those votes that were sent at the state level on December 14th. So Texas with a little bit of chip on its shoulder. Um, I love Texas. How can you not? They... they uh, you know they they don't take these things sitting down pretty uh pretty normally they go out and 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 set an example for the rest of the united states of what freedom looks like they went out um on the electoral college volume one day which was december 14th and they went and voted 38 to 0 in their state senate electorally for trump and then 34 to 4 sent a motion to urge Michigan, Georgia, Wisconsin, and PA, Pennsylvania to send dueling electors or not accept the popular vote that's been announced by the legacy media from the night of the election. Um, some of the electors went on to drop bombs in the uh, Texas State Senate and uh, absolutely shit all over the Supreme Court of the United States. Got them. Yeah, clip one is going to uh, give our audience a little bit of a... Uh, insight into what's going on in Texas when this is how this is how they formally elect their presidents I'm uh, the talks of, uh, uh, it was written by someone who's a current staffer uh, for one of the Supreme Court justices and this I'll just describe the report to you that I read and you can make of it what you will um, he said that the justices, as they always do, went into a closed room to discuss you know, cases they're taking or do debate. There's no phones, no computers, no nothing. No one else is in the room except for the nine justices. It's typically very civil. Um, they usually don't hear any sound. They just debate what they're doing. But when the Texas case was brought up, he said he heard screaming through the walls as Justice Roberts and the other liberal justices were insisting that this case not be taken up. Um, and the reason, the, the words that were heard through the wall um, when Justice Thomas and Justice Alito were citing uh, Bush versus Gore from John Roberts were, I don't give up about 
that case. I don't want to hear about it. At that time, we didn't have riots. So what he was saying was that he was afraid of what would happen if they did the right thing. And I'm sorry, but that is moral cowardice. And, and we in the SREC, I'm an SREC member, we put those words in very specifically because the charge of the Supreme Court is to ultimately be our final arbitrator, our final line of defense for right and wrong. And they did not do their duty. So I think we should leave these words in because I want to send a strong message to them. Thank you. And there you have it. I mean, that was probably the most appropriate way to basically call you, a, number one, a pussy. Yep. And number two, fuck you. Mm -hmm. So I think they did a better than average job of getting that point across. It would have been better if that guy was wearing one of those, one of those ties, Texas ties. Oh, a uh, bolo tie? Yeah, that would have yeah. been fantastic. Be solid. I mean, he was pristinely dressed right there, as it is in the Texas State Senate. But or a giant hat. Ooh. I'm sure he had one on. He kind of had hat hair. So I'm sure there was something in the 10-gallon category. Did he have there. a Wyatt Earp mustache, perchance? No, he was clean-shaven. No, that's a shame. Yeah, he looked kind of more of like the uh, general store owner in Texas. Oh, right. In one of those Western movies. Definitely the little uh, the elbow uh, garters. Oh, I like those. Yeah, those are good look. Yeah. Blousier, biceps of your I mean, Oxford shirt. If you don't have your sleeves tailored. Right. So, yeah, that's where we're at. And, and, and in regards to that Supreme Court uh, decision to not hear... And just breaking down that commentary a little bit, what was leaked afterwards in between December 11th when the Supreme Court ruled and December 14th when the uh, representatives met at the state level to certify their electoral votes to send on to Washington, D.C. was that a staffer for one of these justices, I'm assuming it was at the direction of either Clarence Thomas or Samuel Alito since they've been the most proactive ones speaking out in regards to the voter frauds and all of the constitutional violations that have gone on um, in regards to the 2020 election, sent out a staffer who leaked to the media that John Roberts, who's the chief justice and a complete fucking coward, who was nominated and confirmed as a conservative, however, and a constitutionalist, is has been neither in recent memory. And almost zero in regards to anything related to Donald Trump, uh, got into a shouting match with some of the other justices while they were debating on whether or not to hear this, you know, Texas versus the world. Um, Is there audio of that too, somewhere? No, it, it was just, it was anonymous source. No. Yeah, the story of 2020 <clears throat> and the entire Trump candidacy. But, but the thing is, is that it was in favor of the administration you know, to say that basically the Supreme Court did not take this case and, and, and would not weigh on it because there were not riots going on during Bush v. Gore. Oh. So, yeah, he basically said, you know, are you fucking insane? Do you want the cities to burn? If we even decide to hear this, they'll, they'll be rioting before we can even make a decision. Yeah, it'd be absolute anarchy. Yeah, well, regardless, that's just a fucking cop-out, and yeah. it's a complete pushback move. So... John Roberts is a piece of crap, and uh, he's compromised anyway. It's been 
well documented on some of his extracurricular activities, which I won't get into now because it's not pertinent to the yeah. show. Um, Has he had a good track record before making uh, wise decisions? Or, Well, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it at this because we are going to do a conspiracy theory show eventually. Right. He is. Look, here's We're the thing. Be fine. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> In that. <laughs> In addition to being that, it has been reported hopefully not by anonymous sources, mm. that his name appears several times on the Epstein flight logs. Oh. So there's also some compromising. That's awkward. Yeah, photos circulating around the Internet. Um, they're a little bit dated, but, you know, him, Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Clinton in a hot tub. Mm. And him and Ghislaine Maxwell cuddling. Oh, actually, I saw that one. Yeah. 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 So... I mean, is he a pedophile that drinks baby's blood? That's not for me to determine. Yeah, yeah, that's for the that's for the experts on the internet. Um, all I do know is, and what I can be weighing in on as an expert is, is that he is a piece of shit. Sounds and, reasonable. Uh, yeah, and does not care about number one, this country, and number two, equally as important, the Constitution. So those are definitely well documented in regards to the Texas lawsuit. And I hope he doesn't step down in the next couple of weeks because when Donald Trump eventually pulls this shit out, he will be the one swearing him in again. So he won't have a shit-eating grin on his face this time. Yeah, that'll be salty. It'll be very sad. Yeah. Sad face. So sad face emoji. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at in regards to that stuff, kind of painting the picture of where we're, we're heading to now, uh, which is in about two weeks. The actual electoral college will convene in Washington, D.C., as I've already mentioned, a joint session of the House and the Senate to certify the uh, steeled, sealed state electoral tallies. Um, there's a lot of stuff in play right now with this that, that's, that's coming to the forefront in regards to, uh, you know, where we're going with this. And um, Mike Pence is taking a lot more of a of a um, prominent role. Um, we've already talked about it, touched on it a little bit. He is the president of the Electoral College. Um, and it, at, it, it is in the Constitution um, and is the law that um, Mike Pence is prohibited from fraudulently certifying states. Um, and this is being, you know, Circulated on the internet a little bit more as we're getting closer to it. Um, and I'm citing the Constitution and U.S. Code now. And this is coming from a constitutional lawyer, Ivan Raiklin. Uh, he says, it is Vice President Mike Pence's duty to instruct states to expeditiously send their electoral college certificates immediately if they have not yet been received. And when no certificate or vote and list is mentioned in section 9 or 11 of this title from any state shall have been received by the president of the senate or the archivist of the united states by the fourth wednesday in december um, after the meeting of the electors shall have been held the president of the senate shall request by most ex expeditious methods available the secretary of state to send up the certificates basically what they're saying is if you have dueling electors uh, or if you have um, electors that can't be certified due to the fact that they cannot 
mitigate it on the House um, and Senate floor, then the weight of that decision then falls on the VP, who is the president of the Electoral College per the Constitution. So he, um, just, he just makes the overruling call, basically. Well, he certifies all the votes that yeah. are good to go, and then he rules in the decision after debate. Now, here's the thing. We have seven, seven states, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada, and late to the party, New Mexico. Mm. Welcome. I don't know why you're here. Congratulations. Yeah, come on in. Um, who sent dueling electors or challenged votes to the Electoral College in regards to uh, inconsistencies, irregularities, and, and accusations of voter fraud in the 2020 election. You need one senator and one congressman to jointly bring up an objection to each of those states when that objection is brought to the floor by one of each together uh they have two hours to debate on it only two hours only two hours per state okay so yeah it's gonna be a long day i, wow. I mean that's actually like the it's a tuesday that that on january 6th is a tuesday i think we might push the show back what we're gonna have to play it by ear yeah i'll probably be ready to roll on january 6th but for the sake of not having to wait a whole other week to know if Donald Trump's going to be the president. I mean, we all we all know he's going to be, but for it to happen, I don't want to wait a whole other week. So we'll probably just do the show on Wednesday that week in two weeks. So, yeah, that's that's. There's a lot of stuff falling on Mike Pence's shoulders right now, and it's it's starting to get a lot of uh, a lot of bad press. So there's a you know the stop the steal movement is alive and well, and um, you know the risk that dueling electors pose. Well, it's just crazy to me that some of these states with everything that's going on and there's, you know, v verified, documented proof that there's been, you know, offhanded stuff going on. Like, they're still just, fuck it, we're going. Yeah. We're getting into the vicinity of tens of thousands of affidavits yeah. with the threat of jail time for perjury in regards to people uh, giving up testimony all over the place. And that's in addition to everything that happened with the Dominion voting systems, uh, the Antrim, Michigan uh, audit, which we talked about last week. That was the six registered voters, three voted, final tally was 663. Um, in addition to the 6,000 votes that were flipped from Trump to Biden um, is being suppressed everywhere. Rudy Giuliani uh, was on Newsmax earlier today, and he said he and the lawyer from that Michigan case are being basically blacklisted by the legacy media. Uh, Fox News won't even have Rudy Giuliani right now, and it's, it's a fucking shame that it's come down to that. Fox News has been a very disappointing uh, change. Yeah, that's, that's my heartbreak of the year. I mean, so I just think that, you know... It's, it's become obvious. And like I said, in addition to things like the Michigan audit, all the allegations, we have hot mic audio, we have closed circuit TV, video, the ballots in Georgia at State Farm Arena after they sent everybody home that they pulled out the you know Pelican boxes from underneath the tables and started cranking those bad boys through over and over the yeah, machines for several hours. Sketch. Nothing to see here. <clears throat> Um, you know, and, and we've gotten to the point right now to where there's legitimately, 
this dueling electors thing is real. It's big. Um, just remember to some of those numbers we referred to earlier in the show, which was 100 Republican representatives. That was kind of a mix of congressmen and senators. You would have to think the Republicans right now know at the end of the day what the plan is, how the plan's going to play out, but by overtly playing their hand, they could fall into some legal roadblocks that once you get to January 6th, it's too fucking late. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of that meeting for the Electoral College, at the end of all the counting and debating, Mike Pence is going to eventually slam the gavel and award somebody actually president-elect. And to do anything otherwise in the meantime, um, I think, in, in my opinion, would be foolish. It's kind of like well, all, all these cases that are going to you know, state Supreme Courts and the actual Supreme Court of the United States, it kind of lays those people out there. And, and I'm not making any excuse for them. As far as I'm concerned, if there is legitimate evidence, if there is signed affidavits, witnesses, audio, video, missing shit, like software, hardware, you know, audit rolls, anything, and they're not weighing on it because they're scared people are going to fucking riot or they're just going to disenfranchise voters, that's not their fucking job. Their job is to rule and judge and do the right thing. Um, yeah, just because the media says this is the most secure election in the history of our country. Yeah. Right. I would say short of the Supreme Court level, even at the state Supreme Court levels in a lot of these states, most of the judges are pretty much, I mean, they're circuit judges and stuff, but they're regular people. Uh, is it easy to flood their emails and voicemails and home mailboxes with threats yeah. of violence, of doxing, ruining their careers? Sure. So I could see, like, on well, a human... And that's been the MO of the left for the entire time, just, you know, doxing police officers, doxing anybody, a public official that goes against what they want. Yeah, I saw, I saw on the news this week, they are still, to this day, boarding shit up in Washington, D.C. Well, yeah. So, I mean, they're getting ready for... Unity? Exactly. And it's sad. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things to where, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes you think a little bit of where we're at. But, I mean, when you get into congressmen and congresswomen, senators... House representatives, stuff of that nature. Some of them have security details. I would say a majority of them do. A lot of them live in the D.C. area and places that are secure for a majority of the year when they're in session. And then when you get up into, like, the, you know, executive branch all the way with the uh, vice president and stuff like that, nobody's fucking touching them. They can yeah. make all the death threats they want to Mike Pence. It's not going to fucking matter because no one's going to show up to his house dressed up as a FedEx man and start fucking <laughs> dumping mag in the front door. Uh, like that, like that judge out in the East Coast a couple months ago, yeah. but um, yeah, that's where we're at. So there's a lot of speculation going on right now, you know, about stopping the steal, and you know, people like Mo Brooks, um, you know, he's been really big in leading the charge in regards to this whole movement of getting organized on the Republican side and trying to get those doing elected doing electors to, at the end of the day, favor Donald Trump. Uh, in addition to him, you have Brad Johnson, 
probably, I would say, he's alluded to it. I think that he's going to be on board. Rand Paul, Rick Scott, um, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates came out. Not of the closet. Mm. Um, yesterday, but announced on his Twitter that he will be officially trying to stop the steal on January 6th. Uh, Marjorie Green, that newly elected um, representative, I believe she's from Maryland, the one that took Dan Crenshaw to task on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Uh, and Madison Cawthorn, he's that guy from, I believe he's from North Carolina. He's the disabled guy. He's in the wheelchair. Kind of a, we'll call it a handsome face. Okay. Kind of looks like Tom Brady in a wheelchair. Got it. Yeah. And, and he actually came out at the... Uh, he was at the Turning Point event, I believe, this week. And he was talking about, you know, he's holding the line. Senators-wise, you can only assume Ted Cruz. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Rand Paul. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have to, we, we have to, we're going to have to get more of them. I think right now they're not playing their hand, which is good. Uh, mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, what you want to do is be able to get those electoral votes either not certified, keeping both candidates under 270, which would send it to a contingent election in the House, um, where the Republicans have a majority, not by delegates, but by states, 27 to 22, Donald Trump reelected, or figure out in the next two weeks if there were some legitimate things there that are going to honestly um, uncertify these votes uh, for the Democratic nominee and award those electoral votes to Donald Trump, whether it be at the court level or, you know, the state Senate level of some of these. And we'll get into that later. Um, Mike Pence was at the uh, Turning Point conference today, and he was uh, talking about some of this in regards to um, – what his role was going to be. Um, we already talked about it as the uh, president of the Electoral College, but maybe they are playing their hand a little bit because here's some spoilers from that event. Again, this was earlier today, South Florida, Turning Point USA, Young Conservative Conference, Mike Pence alluding to what his role is going to be come January 6th as the president of the Electoral College. the line in the United States Senate when we re-elect Kelly Leffler and David Perdue to a Republican majority on Capitol Hill. And as our election contest continues, I'll make you a promise. We're going to keep fighting until every legal vote is counted. We're going to keep fighting until every illegal vote is thrown out. We're going to win Georgia, we're going to save America, and we'll never stop fighting to make America great again. Fifth. So there you go. Fired up. It's a fired-up crowd. Yeah. Oh, I mean, young conservatives. Um, 
you know, probably all doing conservative things in their off time. Mm. So, I mean, Turning Point USA is kind of a faith-based organization. Mm -hmm. But being someone who's worked in a mega church and has taught high school Bible before, I will tell you, they're not bad kids. They just do some of the worst stuff in regards to, yeah, yeah, the real world. Mm -hmm. So, and they hide it well, which is fine. You know, everybody likes to experiment. It's fine. Yeah, because you know, experimentation. <laughs> oh yeah, scissor. Yeah, scissor me, Allison. Janet, you're crazy. Oh, this is hot scissoring. Oh, scissor me timbers. Well, we had teased for a while that we were going to get that bed boy in there, and I was looking for an in. There it is. Probably not the best one, but, eh. yeah, we, 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 we squeezed it in there. Nobody's perfect. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at in regards to that stuff. So that's what's going on right now behind the scenes. Um, there was a major meeting at the White House over the weekend, but we're not going to get to that till a little bit later on. We still got some more stuff to get in while we're trying to connect the dots. Um, someone who's becoming a little bit of a villain in regards to stopping the steal right now is uh, Mitch McConnell. Mm. And it is well known his ties to China are, you know, something that makes his whole world tick. Um, He's married to a woman of Chinese descent. Her father is, I don't know if they call it the owner, but he's like, you know, he runs one of the largest banks for the CCP. Or on the board or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys. Um, Mitch McConnell's wife is appointed to a major trade position in the U.S. government in regards to how we go uh, in and out of you know, our dealings with China. And, yeah, he's, you know, we talked about that security breach last week with SolarWinds, and a lot of the intelligence agencies wanted to shoot it down the, the normal direction of um, Russia. And I still feel like there's a lot of Chinese influence in there probably and some domestic entities as well. So yeah, talking about Mitch McConnell and uh, you know his deep-rooted ties to China and you know the appeasement that goes on there, which is throughout Washington DC in regards to you know lobbyists, uh, newly uncovered, Accusations of infiltration of everything from school board directors at the township level all the way up to our intelligence agencies. Thanks, Eric Swalwell. Mm. Scumbag. Yeah. We're not going to talk about him either. No? No. Mm. Um, but yeah, China Mitch, as I've been calling him. No, no more cocaine Mitch. You know, Turtle Mitch was funny. Cocaine Mitch was okay, but I call him China Mitch now. I'm just shitposting in the comment section. Anytime he's brought up, <laughs> it's all caps with a space in between each letter. China Mitch. Usually you get some pretty good reactions. You should uh, get a Photoshop of him wearing one of those like pointy rice paddy hats. Mm. That'd be pretty good. Yes, it certainly would. But they're, um, 
This week he was going around and discussing with his fellow congressman and woman um, his disdain for objections to the election, which has been noted as, what was it, the safest and most secure in the history of the republic? I think I read that on uh, social media. We're going to get to that jerk off in a minute. Um, But yeah, Mitch McConnell went out on a limb this week and was uh, congratulating Joe Biden uh, for his electoral win. Wow. Yeah, pretty sad. You are fake news. It certainly is. And uh, I have some audio from that. I'm going to play it for you right now. All right. Six weeks ago, the Americans, Americans voted in this year's general election. The legal and constitutional processes have continued to play out since then. Processes. Yesterday, mm. electors met in all 50 states. So as of this morning, our country has officially a president-elect and a vice president-elect. Wrong. Yeah, Many millions wrong. of us had hoped the presidential election would yield a different result. But our system of government has processes to determine who will be sworn in on January the 20th. The Electoral College has spoken. Wrong. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The President-elect is no stranger to the Senate. He's devoted himself to public service for many years. I also want to congratulate the Vice President-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. Beyond our differences, all Americans can take pride that our nation has a female vice president-elect for the very first time. Oh, so woke. Negative. I look forward to finishing out the next 36 days strong with President Trump. Our nation needs us to add another bipartisan chapter to this record of achievement. First yeah. of all, this guy sounds like he's going to offer me a Werther's original at any moment. I'm sure he's got a pocket full oh of them. Oh, my God. Uh, he is just utter trash. And controlled by the lobbyists, um, he was loving Donald Trump when he was helping him get over the finish line in his re-election campaign. However, now it looks like the tables have turned and his ties to China uh, might just be part of the reason why the change of heart. It's also well known that China Mitch and Sleepy Joe have long been friends in Congress. And I just think it's bad form and piss poor. It's borderlining on pathetic. Um, following up with that fantastic piece of uh, audio um, and rolling through this week, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, it's being reported by the Daily Wire, has been going around warning his Republican colleagues in the Senate not to engage in an effort to undermine the Electoral College vote that took place earlier this week. Reporting, reportedly telling members of the GOP in a private meeting and over conference phone calls that an extended fight over the presidency would cost them support. I think that's 100% untrue. Mm. Um, I'm quoting now. First, the Republican leader heaped praise on Trump's endless accomplishments as he congratulated then President-elect Joe Biden during a morning Senate speech, the Minneapolis Star Tribune reported on Wednesday, which is some of the audio we just heard. I guess he, he continued it over a conference call. He just was uh, 
giddy for Trump, but then quickly pivoted and privately warning his Republican counterparts uh, away from disputing the Electoral College tally when Congress convenes in a joint session on January 6th to confirm the results. Although President Trump plans to continue challenging the results of the November presidential election on the theory that there is widespread and coordinated vote fraud efforts that handed Joe Biden the victory, McConnell warned that Senate Republicans must avoid the issue or risk putting in control of the Senate in jeopardy. So basically what that means is Mitch McConnell is trying to bully the entire Republican electorate into accepting the outcome of the election as it stands now and completely and utterly ignoring the fact that an unprecedented seven states have contested those results and in turn are taking that challenge to the Electoral College on January 6th. Um, what do you guys think about that? You know, and for our listeners at home, Nick has rejoined us. He's back from being disposed. Uh, he's crushed four beers in the last 37 seconds, so I think he's ready to go. If I burp, I apologize, because I just... We are, we are trying to minimize our burping. Yeah. That would be uh, out of the ordinary for us. I will right. mute my mic if I feel burp. Coming. I mean, we kind of have, over the last two shows, replaced burping and farting with Raiden's snoring. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not here today. And none of our viewers would know. Phone, um, in, phone in his snoring. Yeah, so basically Mitch McConnell's been going around behind the scenes. He uh, Last week on the Senate floor, he congratulated President-elect Biden mm. and Vice President-elect Kamal Harris, which we all know is not true. Um, and then he... Wrong. Thank you. <laughs> had a conference call with the majority this week and has been going around the halls of the House and Senate telling them privately, but making it public, that he does not want them to feed into the contested election theory, even though it's not a theory. Happening. Yeah, it's right. facts. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's hard to say that we're the news, but we literally are. I well, mean, when the news isn't actually giving you the news. Period. Yeah. The news is literally lying to you. The news continues to show acknowledge and introduce and reinforce right president elect joe biden which is funny too because you know our generation gets their news from social media <clears throat> yeah and it's so easy to manipulate people via social media with clickbait articles that don't have any substance what do they call it now gaslighting that's a new yeah. term yeah a lot of gaslighting going on it's just uh, it's it's frustrating because then when you share something of merit it's immediately discredited because it's people people see that and they disagree with the source of it and they go it's invalid it's fake news and it's like <clears throat> you're not part of a revolution if every mainstream celebrity and every major news outlet is endorsing the same narrative and you think you're part of this crazy revolution it's the opposite of that yeah so a lot of people are saying you're part of the mainstream for. Just a bunch of malarkey going on. In, uh, Come on, man. Come probably, on, man. We probably live in one of the... Our, society, our culture, or at least our generation, is probably one of the dumbest generations. Getting dumber. I, I've outlined this several weeks in a row about yeah. my children, for instance, is, is a shiny examples of that. So Slowly I'd like to uh, personally apologize to Ron's children for 
being called retarded multiple you know, times. I, I was actually stopped by a coworker today and said, Do you want to know what? Your kids are going to be pissed at you. When they're that was me. Oh, that was you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, 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 I can't wait for your kids to listen to the podcast and be like, what the fuck, dad? Yeah. I've been calling them retarded for the last month on here. So, well, you, even like you think people that have fully developed brains, I would like to think I have a fully developed brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, although the amount of beer I've consumed in the past minute probably diminishes that. Diminish that hardcore. But mm. even the. You're still firing on more cylinders than the media. I was going to say, even oh. the <laughs> the retardation of our generation is stag- staggering. Compa- yeah. I mean, people, you think kids sitting at home playing Fortnite is bad? Mm-hmm. It is, for sure. But then you also have a lot of people that are not working and they're just sitting at home watching Desperate Housewives or that's such an old show, I think. But like, uh, what is it? You know, all these keeping up with the Kardashians and then their brain is just turning into mush. And those are the people that you get in Facebook arguments with. And they're like, Biden won outright. Give it up. And it's like, well, I will I will say that I have seen a little bit more silence on the ends of like, say, the people that I follow on social media who were, you know, posting the smarmy. Joe Biden's president-elect because he got more votes, right. like mm-hmm. all that stuff and the posting that stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now you're starting to hear from the dark corners of the web. Shh. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, just those people true, are yeah. they're 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 posting, you know, fucking hamburgers and what they're eating for lunch instead of political stuff because it's just now it's just embarrassing. It's like, right. oh well, fuck. Now you can't even ignore how much is has come into light. Yeah. Yeah, th- and that's the hard part is you, the same people that we go to battle with within, like, you know, the work environment or, you know, family dinners, what have you, are the same people that, um, you know, DVR, uh, Housewives of Atlanta or Housewives of Savannah. You know, it's like that culture is the one that they get off on um, reality shows. Yeah. That's their drug of choice is crap TV and, um, you know, they follow these influencers who are always liberal and they're spitting this stupid narrative that uh, makes no sense or it's just not rooted in any facts. And those are the people that want to argue on Facebook. And um, I, I got in a funny debate and I, I uh, turns out this kid was 17, but he called me a dickhead on Facebook. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> Fox 5 posted something and it was... Uh, let me pull up the article because it cracked me up. I was the first person to comment, which is rare because I don't I don't scroll through Facebook too much. Do you, do you if, comment first comment? If we're sidebarring right now to talk about <laughs> no. epic shit posts of the week, I'm gonna have to nominate myself for one. So I, I jumped on a coronavirus anti lockdown thread on one of the <laughs> local. I believe it was Fox San Diego. That's what I had. It's, and, it's such easy picking. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> you know I was. Bobbing, weaving, hitting them with the jabs, a lot of rib shots. And then we got into it, and they start getting into, like, the 1,500-word responses. Oh, those are my favorite. To which point, and I I showed you guys in our group chat, someone posted a picture of an arm with an IV in it, and it's like, oh, my God, imagine if this wasn't your 14-year-old son. I'm not going to show you what the rest of him looks like. And I commented, like, well, good thing he's got a 99.997% chance of survival. Here's, here's the article. This oh. is from Fox 5. Vaccine conspiracy theories. Oh. Nurse did not die after getting it, the virus. Sure did. Needles aren't disappearing. This is after, like, 
a ton of videos. I watched the needles disappearing. It was like a it was like a stage prop Did needle that just collapsed into What about itself? the one where the guy there was no substance Wait, so is that in the needle and he pulls the needle out after yeah. supposedly oh, in his arm? And and the excuse for that was that they accidentally grabbed one that was already expended. So, so that guy now so that's has good. You have, a, you have a medical professional <laughs> reusing You don't have needles. coronavirus, but you have HIV. Bad news is you now have AIDS. But right. Worst news is you didn't get the vaccine. <laughs> All right. So the nurse, the nurse that passed out or whatever, right. is it like confirmed, like factual? She died, or are we? That's just what this article internet was saying. Lore. But this article was saying that like it was basically telling people to stop spreading these conspiracies. You're gonna believe the Facebook fact checkers. And wow. I happened to be the first person to comment, and all I put oh, was congratulations. How much did you guys get paid to post this? Oh, you didn't put first in. Got him. No, <laughs> and then <laughs> out of nowhere, people just started going crazy. The first guy goes. Um, God, there were so many comments on this. It was unreal. I'm trying to find the thread. Because I was like, are people really that upset? It was a joke, first of all. And it was also kind of funny because... Um, oh, here we go. Just because you don't like the reporting doesn't mean it's fake, dickhead. Nice. And I was like... That's a solid argument. I don't even know this guy. Nice and then guy. him and I... Yeah. And then I put... I bet you wear a mask when you drive alone in your car. And you seem pretty brave calling someone a dickhead from behind a keyboard. In my experience, people like you have never been in an actual physical altercation. Okay. Yeah. Then this other guy, and I Facebook stalked this guy. He doesn't even live in San Diego. So it's like, why are you following a random page from a random city? Um, like a news post or a news program on Facebook. Sounds like somebody's, ga what is it, gaslighting? Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he, um, start, he goes all off. And now, actually, that I'm reading this, Facebook. he deleted some of the stuff he says. Oh, he deleted. Oh, me, I love when they delete the He called me comments. out. And then I said, I'm not opposed to meeting people in person for a friendly role oh. on the mats. And then he he tried to make like a gay joke out of it. Okay. Yeah. And I told him, Pretty I said, cool. I bet I could choke you out even if I had the flu. It doesn't look like you could do 10 push-ups, but we'll leave it at that. Oh. The woo flu? And then, oh. <laughs> and then he started coming back, and that, he deleted all the stuff he wrote, which is comical. So I just see my replies. And he said something else, and I said, it's a good thing the Wi-Fi in your mommy's basement is good, so you can pretend to be a man that could defend yourself, although we all know you probably pee sitting down. And then at that oh, point, yeah, like it. <laughs> he gave up. He's bringing out all the guns. See, you guys need to wait till you get on my level because mm. there was a time where a uh, someone in the House of Representatives, we'll put it to you this way, she has a uh, Twitch feed. She was that's the video game right platform she, thing, right? She, she well, was I, a uh, Twitch feed if you're in the House of Representatives. She mm. was a prior. <laughs> Beverage connoisseur? Oh. Yeah. Wait. You guys may have heard of her. Dispensing beverages? Yes. Yes. So anyways, she, one day, by name, called out our profession. Oh. Literally. Mm. And was talking shit about it. So I direct replied direct reply to her, and I called her, I believe, human garbage. That's always a good one. Right? Uh, amongst some other things. And there was... I didn't say, like, fucking at her, but I used it as, like, you know, kind of to make the sentence flow a little bit, a couple cuss words in there. But long story short, someone above me at our employment oh. yes, <laughs> complained about it, that I was shitposting at congresswomen, <laughs> to which point... You should My say congresswoman in air quotes. I will, uh, it's always in air quotes. <laughs> Representative bartender from the New York district. Who mm -hmm. effed up the biggest Amazon deal, which would have brought so many jobs to her district. Anyways, 
the more the not the moral, but the the gist of this was they asked if the shit posting occurred while on the clock, to which it did not. Whew, Close call. <laughs> exactly. Damn. So yeah, I know I have to save a lot of shit posts. Like I'll, I'll save little comments or I'll, I'll write myself a note to be able to go back to these people and tell them to fuck themselves. The minute I punch out of our job, six oh one. You mother. But to which point, the superior above me told the superior above them who was asking about me shit posting at a congresswoman to go fuck themselves because if it doesn't, right? But th- but that's how sensitive we are. Like oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're talking about those comments. Well, freedom freedom of speech. Where does it where does it begin it's and a, end? Oh, it doesn't start and end in art. Apparently, it ends no. at challenge coins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking. We're we're the three wrong people to be talking oh about <laughs> the First Amendment. Freedom of speech is... Uh, but we're actually the three right people to be talking about. Uh, that's what I'm saying is we probably the get the most, yeah, that's the most crap you, you know, out of anybody for that. Water seeks its own level. Right. <laughs> so we have spiraled uncontrollably. It could have been the... Out of control. But we're going to bring it back right now. Five yeah. beers I shotgunned in one minute from being back Yeah, here. we took our time shitting on China Mitch... And, uh, you know, his lobbyist ties and interests. And, and I'm going to make that image for you, by the way. Let's just get everything straight here. There isn't a person in Washington, D.C., literally, who wants Donald Trump to be in the White House for the next four years. <clears throat> Especially when it comes to the elected officials. Because they are so tired mm-hmm. of not being able to line their pockets with all the stuff they have in the past. All of the juniors who are just getting their toe into the water of the lobbying cycle, not being able to relish in the not-America-first agenda, would love nothing more than to just see him sail, you know, gracefully into the sunset. Oh, the military-industrial complex. <sighs> just think of all those think tanks. What we are going to talk about, though, are the patriots that are holding the line in regards to this fight up on Capitol Hill. Um, started by Mo Brooks, but now... Joined with him uh, by Tommy Tuberville, a recently elected senator out of the great state of Alabama. Both of them are are pushing directly back on Mitch McConnell's orders to ignore the fact that there are dual electors and to not bring it up at the convening of the Electoral College on January 6th. Again, quoting Mitch McConnell over a conference call last week saying it would be a terrible vote for the GOP. They'd have to vote it down, which makes it seem like they are anti-Trump. Again, him only worrying about himself. I mean, has he really been pro-Trump at any point during this entire fucking presidency? Um, In regards to the senators, out of the now dozens of House people that it looks like is going to, you know, come up and object to these uh, electoral votes, speculation that uh, Tommy Tuberville... And Ted Cruz, the two best candidates to do this. Tommy Tuberville uh, pulling his weight as a newly elected senator, and then Ted Cruz, who is probably the most well-versed in the Constitution and was willing to take on at least two of the Supreme Court challenges that first um, the Trump campaign was doing in regards to Pennsylvania, and then Texas, and pretty much everybody else with half a brain in the country um, was going to do versus the uh, swing states in question. Um, you know, they're saying that Tommyville or Tommy Tuberville has hinted that he's going to be taking these steps to challenge this saying, you know, when you see what's coming, when you see what's out there, when you've been reading all about it, 
it's something that we're going to have to take up in the House and it's something that we're going to have to take up in the Senate. Um, he's getting a lot of encouragement from the hardcore conservatives in the Deep South, or as we like to call them, Trump supporters. Um, the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> everyone from Alabama to Mississippi, Georgia, and in between are frantically anticipating something that hasn't happened in the... Uh, you know, meeting of the Electoral College since the late 1800s. Um, Mo Brooks conducted something of what can be considered a master class in stupidity, suggesting that the entire news media and every member of one of the two major parties mm -hmm. was constantly engaged in a big lie, presumably by reporting the Mueller investigation, um, compounding the ignorant smears of Donald Trump and the old right-wing chestnuts of calling Hitler a leftist. So, Mo Brooks is one of those guys, I mean, he's ridiculously old school, and, you know, he's a career politician that pretty much never fed into the whole bullshit that is D.C. politics. He really uh, is getting himself out in front of all of this. He's definitely at the end of his career, and I think the... Uh, the good part about it is that we have people who actually care and are invested in this country that are going to be taking up that fight. And we are going to get into all of the voter fraud issues that are going on in a minute and break it down state by state. But before we do, we actually have some breaking news. Out of Washington, D.C., and in response to the most recent stimulus bill that was passed through the House and Senate yesterday, which was filled with garbage. Mm, nonsense. Yeah. Malarkey. That as well. And, come on, and, man. Come, come we'll, on, man. We'll, we'll go over just, you know. There's, there's Here's the deal. Exactly. There's a few facts. It's over $900 billion. Each American was set to get a $600 check. That's um, not much. That's uh, not even a quarter of some people's rent. And half of what we got last time? Right? Yeah. It was 1200 last time? I didn't get it. So, and, and in regards to that, just some of the, the big ones, the Kennedy Center, the National Gallery of Art, the Woodrow Wilson Center, the National Foundation of Arts and Humanities. Sounds really important for the coronavirus. Arts and Humanities? They're all getting anywhere between $14 million and $1 billion. Who the fuck is running Arts and Humanities? Why do we... Don't. Actually, no one is because it's fucking closed. Well, that's what everybody's uh, and, and in addition degree to that, is in. Sudan, Egypt, oh my God. Burma, Cambodia, Nepal, Venezuela, Ukraine, and others will all be getting anywhere between $1.4 billion and $33 million. What the fuck? And, and let me repeat. Last stimulus, everybody got 1200 This stimulus, 600 so Donald Trump has just taken to Twitter with an audio response. Yeah. I'm gonna go with he wants to give more. He probably does. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say America first. We may or may not have listened to it twice already, but we're gonna let you guys hear it for the first time. Probably not the first time by the time you hear this podcast. Yeah. But if there's any time we can interject POTUS into this, why wouldn't we? Throughout the summer, Democrats cruelly blocked. COVID relief legislation in an effort to advance their extreme left-wing agenda uh. and influence the election. Then, a few months ago, 
Congress started negotiations on a new package to get urgently needed help to the American people. It's taken forever. However, the bill they are now planning to send back to my desk is much different than anticipated. It really is a disgrace. For example, among the more than 5,000 pages in this bill, which nobody in Congress has read because of its length and complexity, <laughs> it's called the COVID Relief Bill, but it has almost nothing to do with COVID. This bill contains $85.5 million for assistance to Jesus Cambodia, $134 million to Burma, $1.3 billion for Egypt and the Egyptian military, which will go out and buy almost exclusively Russian military equipment, $25 million for democracy and gender programs in Pakistan, gender $505 million to Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama, $40 million for the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., which is not even open for business, $1 billion for the Smithsonian, and an additional $154 million for the National Gallery of Art. Likewise, these facilities are essentially not open. $7 million so for reef fish management, reef $25 fish million management. to combat Asian carp, $2.5 million to count the number of amberjack fish in the Gulf of Mexico. I'll count that shit a for half a to promote the breeding of fish in federal hatcheries, $3 million in poultry production technology, $2 million to research the impact of down trees, $566 million for construction projects at the FBI. The bill also allows stimulus checks for the family members of illegal aliens, allowing them to get up to $1,800 each. This is far more then the Americans are given. Wait, so they get eighteen hundred. Despite all of this wasteful spending and much more, the nine hundred billion dollar package provides hardworking taxpayers <clears throat> with only six hundred dollars each in relief payments, and not enough money is given to small businesses, and in particular restaurants, whose owners have suffered so grievously. They were only given a deduction for others to use in business their restaurant for two years. This two-year period must be withdrawn, which will allow the owners to obtain financing and get their restaurants back in condition. Congress can terminate it at a much later date, but two years is not acceptable. It's not enough. Congress found plenty of money for foreign countries, lobbyists, and special interests while sending the bare minimum to the American people who need it. It wasn't their fault. It was China's fault, not their fault. China. I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple. Come on. I'm also asking Congress to immediately get rid of the wasteful and unnecessary items Bullshit. of this legislation and to send me a suitable bill or else the next administration will have to deliver a COVID relief package, and maybe that administration will be me, and we will get it done. Thank you very much. See, I'm waiting. At some point when he says, and it might be me, 
it's going to be a thug life Trump mm-hmm. with the sunglasses and the blood. Oh, somebody's already making it yeah. right now. If it's not already made. Dude. Okay, so imagine, you know, he said two grand to everybody. Uh-huh. You know how, like, <clears throat> I'll be honest, my family, we're surviving. It's not the end of the world. The only issue we have with a new baby is both of us are not our full potential of what we usually get paid. Yeah. Okay. But my wife and I are both considered essential workers, so we both been working. So two grand, I mean, I personally, am I going to not take that? Come on. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> there's a lot of families out there that that literally are they absolutely like, need it. Yeah. Oh, man. And then you think about like, this might be a little bit of capitalistic materialism, but Christmas, like, you know, as a dad. No, that is not. That is fucking being a human being. It, right. Because as a dad, like your heart breaks when your kid, when. You know, there was like when we first got married. I mean, we didn't have money uh-huh. to like give good presents and stuff like that. And now, I pride myself on like my wife and I usually don't get us each other stuff for Christmas, but we go out for the kids. Same. And it's hard, like. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there. I don't usually get anything for Christmas. Everybody else in my house gets <laughs> shit for Christmas. So it's just heartbreaking. Like you know, you think about a dad who's maybe like a blue collar custodian or a plumber. At like a school or restaurant something. worker restaurant worker well yeah now he's got to make the choice like sorry son you want a present or you want dinner yeah it's like dude that sucks and 600 dollars is like a dick slap in the face yeah i don't know i don't know about our listeners out there but it used to be i would feel shitty if i couldn't get my kids everything they wanted just yeah. imagine getting them nothing literally and it's hard because like dude i would sacrifice a bullet like i would take a bullet for my kids i think we all would. i think we, yeah that's right and Noah, for your dogs i'm sure Maybe not. I mean, wow. <laughs> way to dox him as a complete <laughs> pathetic loser. Now, why don't you tell our listening audience what his age is so they feel worse for him? Ladies, you know, I'm not going to lie. Hey, shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> Noah's a handsome man. He's, he's very good. Handsome. Yeah, good looking guy. Borderline tempting. Okay. Dual careers. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for financial stability and handsomeness, he might be your guy. You could listen. It's. Steak for breakfast podcast at gmail.com. Business inquiries only. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do some you vetting. You must <laughs> send a headshot of your. We don't want any gorillas mm. sent in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, maybe. Who knows? Guys, when I say he's handsome, please no dick pics. All right. Voter fraud. Widespread. Extremely calculated. A lot of people in the mainstream media. Many of our elected officials don't feel that way. You know who does feel that way, though? Fran Paul. He feels that way a lot. And he was talking about it in an intelligence hearing the other day, looking into uh, allegations of widespread voter fraud and voter regularities. Let's hear what he had to say during that meeting. Clip nine. A lot of the laws that have to be confirmed and I think reaffirmed are state laws, so it's not in our purview. But the state laws are set, and then we have federal elections. So what we've heard about what happened in Wisconsin, what happened in Nevada, I think is absolutely true, and we have to prevent it from happening again. I think state legislators legislatures will need to reaffirm that election law can only be chained by a state legislature. So I think there's a lot of work to be done. While we will not dictate it to the states, I think we should have hearings going into the next year, hearing from state legislatures and what they're going to do to make sure election law is upheld, not changed by people who are not legislators. And we do have an interest in that. 
I don't want it to be federalized. Many on the other side of the aisle would just soon federalize it and mail everybody a ballot and we'll have this universal corruption throughout the land. But what I think we need to do is keep it at the state level, but we can't just say it didn't happen. We can't just say, oh, 4,000 people voted in Nevada that were non-citizens and we're just going to ignore it. We're going to sweep it under the rug and say, oh, the courts have decided the facts. The courts have not decided the facts. The courts never looked at the facts. The courts don't like elections, and so they stayed out of it by finding an excuse, standing or otherwise, to stay out of it. But the fraud happened. The election in many ways was stolen, and the only way it'll be fixed is by, in the future, reinforcing the laws. A lot of the laws that have to be... So there you have it. That's a sitting state senator talking about how he feels and how a majority of Rasmussen, as of December 19th, 46% of all voters registered with a Democrat advantage, 7 to 5. 46% believe that there was some kind of widespread voter fraud that was conducted during the course of the 2020 presidential election. It's a good chunk. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, I wouldn't call it majority, but we're getting pretty fucking close it's a lot so here you go though nine percent of all the people they polled were undecided so so now you can say that 46 percent what's always interesting with these polls is like i have never met anybody who's ever participated in any of these polls well who has time for that i sure as fuck don't have time for that i, I work six days a week in addition to doing all this shit i have like a lot of i don't even sometimes i lose track of how many kids are in there running around people bring their kids over and i'm like dude it seems like a daycare I don't have time to participate in polls. If I had the opportunity, I for sure would. So, <laughs> and here's the thing. While all of this stuff is going on that you aren't hearing about in regards to irregularities, voter fraud, corruption, and things of that nature, there are hearings going on across the country still to this day. Um, we had in Georgia uh, recently a decision to possibly rescind and replace their state electors. Georgia sent dueling, but now the state legislature have motioned to dismiss the votes for Biden that were certified in addition to the Republican ones and only certify the Republican ones. Some of the results of their investigation stated that the legislators should clearly consider its obligations to the U.S. Constitution if a majority of the General Assembly concurs with the findings of this report, the certification of the election should be rescinded, and the General Assembly should act to determine the proper electors to be certified to the Electoral College in the 2020 presidential race. Since time is of the essence, the chairman and senators who concur with this report recommend the leadership of the General Assembly and the governor immediately convene to allow further consideration by the entire General Assembly. And that was signed on the 17th of December. And that came off of a staggering uh, report of the findings that they had there in Georgia. I'll let you hear a little bit of that audio right now in regards to what was going on there. ...to vote who had moved 2,506 felons voted illegally in Georgia. Huh. 66,248 underage and therefore Ill ineligible people to illegally register to vote before their 17th birthday when the law requires 17 and a half years old. At least 2,423 individuals to vote who were not listed as registered. 1,000 
43 individuals to cast ballots who had illegally registered to vote using a post office box. 4,926 individuals voted in Georgia who had registered to vote after their Georgia re voter registration date, thereby canceling their Georgia voter registration. 10,315 or more individuals to vote who are deceased by the time of the election. 395 individuals to vote in Georgia who had cast ballots in another state, which is illegal in both states. 15,700 individuals to vote in Georgia who had filed a national change of address with the United States Postal Service prior to November 3rd, 2020. 40,279 individuals to vote who had moved across county lines at least 30 days prior to election day and who had failed to properly re-register to vote in their new county after moving, also in violation of Georgia law. The petition to con for contest will include affidavits of more than 100, 100 Georgia voters sworn under penalty of perjury attesting to and confirming multiple violations of the Georgia election code. So that was just Georgia alone. Yeah, it was only Georgia and, and probably the most boring of them all. And that's, at the, that's the state Senate arguing with each other. In Arizona, a four to one Republican Senate majority voted to not adhere to a subpoena for the Dominion voting machines. Huh. Yeah. So, and what we're starting to see a little bit more of is that a lot of these people are running for office as Republicans, but it turns out they're pretty damn Democratic. So, yeah, in addition to all of the stuff that was going on in Maricopa County, you know, the raw data that shows out-of-state voters, dead voters anywhere up to 700,000 fraudulent votes in the state of Arizona. A federal judge issued a subpoena for the Dominion voting machines of Maricopa County and the board of um, governing body there said no, four to one. How do you say no to a subpoena? I'm not sure how that works. I I've never been in trouble where a subpoena needed to be issued. But the Arizona Republican Party right now is making moves to intervene in that uh, legal battle. And Jenna Ellis is out there in Arizona right now. And she's working with law enforcement and trying to work through this case to be able to get those machines, you know, done. And that's the big talking point. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute after the meeting that happened uh, in the White House and uh, over the weekend. But before we do, Jesse Benal who was Sidney Powell? Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell's co-counsel on the Michael Flynn case has been running point for the Trump legal team out in Nevada. And he gave a pretty, I would call it damning testimony in Nevada mm. over the course of the, the last few days um, and all of the voter irregularities and, and fraud accusations that they have going on here. I have some of him testifying right now in front of the U.S. Senate in regards to what's going on in Nevada upon thousands of Nevada voters had their voices canceled out by election fraud and invalid ballots. Here's how it happened. 
On August 3rd, 2020, after a rushed special session, Nevada legislators made drastic changes to the state's election law by adopting a bill known as AB4. The vulnerabilities of this statute were obvious. It provided for universal mail voting without sufficient safeguards to authenticate voters or ensure the fundamental requirement that only one ballot was sent to each legally qualified voter. This was aggravated by election officials' failure to clean known deficiencies in their voter rolls. Because of AB4, the number of mail ballots rocketed from about 70,000 in 2016 to over 690,000 this year. The election was inevitably riddled with fraud and our hotline never stopped ringing. While the media and Democrats accused us of making it all up, our team began chasing down every lead. Our evidence came both from data scientists and from brave whistleblowers. Here's what we found. Over 42,000, 42,000 people voted more than once. Our experts were able to make this determination by reviewing the list of actual voters and comparing it to other voters with the same name, address, and date of birth. Huh. This method was also able to catch people using different variations of their first name, such as William and Bill, and individuals who were registered both under a married name and a maiden name. At least 1,500 dead people are recorded as voting, as shown by comparing the list of male voters with the Social Security death records. More than 19,000 people voted even though they didn't live in Nevada. This does not include military voters or students. These voters were identified by comparing the list of voters with the U.S. Postal Service's National Change of Address database, among other sources. About 8,000 people voted from non-existent addresses. Here we cross-reference voters with the coding accuracy support system, which allowed our experts to identify undeliverable addresses. Over 15,000 votes were cast from commercial or vacant addresses. Our experts found these voters by analyzing official U.S. Postal Service records that flag non-residential addresses and addresses vacant for more than 90 days. Incredibly, almost 4,000 non-citizens also voted as determined by comparing official DMV records of non-citizens to the list of actual voters in the 2020 election. The list goes on. All in all, our experts identified 130,000 unique instances of voter fraud in Nevada. Sounds pretty wide. But the actual number is almost certainly higher. Like our data scientists made these calculations not by estimations or statistical sampling, but by analyzing and comparing the list of actual voters with other lists, most of which are publicly available. To put it simply, they explained their methods so others could check their work. Our evidence has never been refuted, only ignored. Two Clark County technical employees came forward completely independent of each other and explained that they discovered that the number of votes recorded by voting machines and stored on USB drives would change between the time the polls were closed at night and when they were reopened the next morning. In other words, votes were literally appearing and disappearing in the dead of night.
When we attempted to verify the integrity of these voting machines, we were allowed only a useless visual inspection of the outside of a USB drive. <laughs> we were denied a forensic examination. Sounds about right. Yeah. Finally, our investigation also uncovered a campaign to illegally incentivize votes from, mar from marginalized populations by requiring people to prove that they voted to receive raffle tickets for gift cards, televisions, and more. Our determined team verified these irregularities without any of the tools of law enforcement, such as grand jury, subpoenas, or FBI agents. Instead, we had less than a month to use critical thinking and elbow grease to compile our evidence. We tried to obtain testimony or documents from Clark County officials, but they obstructed and stonewalled. When we filed suit, state officials and even courts delayed proceedings for days, but then offered us merely hours uh, uh, to brief and argue our cases. In wrapping up, Mr. Chairman, these findings are disturbing, alarming, and un unacceptable in a free society. Our free and fair election tradition is a precious treasure that we are charged with protecting. Government by the consent of, of the governed is hard to win and easy to lose. Every single time a fraudulent or illegal vote is cast, the vote of an honest citizen is canceled out. Thank you. So there you go. That's pretty much the rundown of what's going on right now. We've just covered, you know, um, someone who works for the state senate in georgia uh we listened to some audio briefly from michigan we covered what was going on in arizona in regards to the dominion voting machines and then jesse banal's testimony in regards to their finding out of nevada that's not all the states that's being investigated right now but just based off of those numbers alone we're talking of hundreds thousands of ballots peter navarro who is a uh Government employee, he's an economist. He works in the Trump administration as the assistant to the president, director of trade and manufacturing policy, and the National Defense Production Act policy coordinator. He went out this week and published an independent report. And in that report, it compiled all of the data that we've collected so far in regards to voter fraud, voter irregularities, all the claims and accusations, he compiled a whole bunch of stuff. It was just a huge data compilation. And he factored it into the states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. He gave six categories, outright voter fraud, ballot mishandling, contestable process fouls, equal protection cause violations, and that's constitutional violations, voting machine irregularities, and significant statistical anomalies. And he compiled where these things occurred and how often, you know, was the... Uh, was it deliberate? Right. Were, were they going on? And, I'll, you know, our, our listeners can't see, but I'll show you guys the chart right now. Out of all the states in question, just about everyone made it all the check marks in regards to all, all the, important all the stuff that's yeah. going on. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he produced... It was 36 pages... It was independent and in basically coordination with the DNI report, which was delivered to President Trump last weekend, but it hasn't been declassified to the point to where we know the meat and potatoes that are in it right now. And so in regards to the voter, voter frauds and irregularities and all that stuff that's going on, that, that's pretty much what we've got covered. Um, there is one more big topic that went on over the course of the weekend. And on Sunday, there was a four-hour meeting at the White House. Uh, Donald Trump was there. 
On the Lord's Day? Right. How Might as well have been. How dare they? Also in attendance was the White House General Counsel, which are all the douchebags lawyers that always tell them what not to do. Okay. Yeah, directly in uh, disagreement with the American people. And then there was three other people there. Uh, retired General Michael Flynn. Pretty good guy. Stand-up American. Patrick Byrne. I think he's the former Overstock.com CEO. He's kind of mm -hmm. a big baller. Um, who's not a Trump supporter. Outwardly had not voted for Donald Trump. He's a closet Trump supporter? Well, what happened was when he saw everything that's going on in regards to this entire situation, he's like, it's so in everybody's face and they're just suppressing it and ignoring it that he, he felt like based off of his bankroll alone he had to step in like he had the resources to lend a hand so that's where he is i wish i had resources to just do stupid shit like that there was one other person there we all know her and love her sydney powell, sydney <laughs> powell. <laughs> but before we get into that i want you guys to think about something there was a tweet i saw it was from acting defense secretary Chris Miller, who is a retired Green Beret. Come on. He's basically a stone cold killer. He's a badass. He's a he's murderer. A, he's, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call him a murderer. He's murdered people. Freedomer? I don't have right. a problem with people murdering people as long as they're terrorists. He's so a, he's a murderer. He was speaking with at the American flag on his Before back. we get into the White House meeting, Chris Miller was speaking at the Space Force birthday party this week the what space force birthday party i'm definitely down to do space force yeah. i'm not opposed to it at all yeah. they're called guardians mike pence yeah. I, I, i'll be a guardian i've been trolling with some star lord memes on yeah let's go i'm not gonna lie already if you're gonna yeah. pay me a lot i'll go to space right now right right now when i sober up i've had a lot of yeah just imagine it's been a stressful tear barfing in your fucking spacesuit. even even those even those fancy ones like elon musk has <clears throat> it'd be, yeah, I'd have to <clears throat> probably have some cups, cups of coffee. So anyway, when, when you look at the totality of Chris Miller's resume, pretty decorated. And while he was at this Space Force event, the one-year anniversary of them being created, he was getting ready to introduce Mike Pence, who was going to give, like, basically the commencement ceremony for the activities that were going on that day. He said something that was pretty interesting. I remember, he's only been acting defense secretary for a little over a month, maybe less, okay? And, and then remember, we've already talked about his background. Stone Cold Freedomer. Murderer. Right. Former Green Beret. And he said something that caught my eye. Listen to this. I know, but uh, I just want to personally thank you. Uh, we've been through some stuff. We've gone through... Uh, some, some of the most complex military operations this country's ever conducted, and your steady hand and your leadership during those was uh, a great source of strength for me. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your selfless service. Thank you for commitment. Thank you for being a mentor to me, Mr. Vice President. And with that, the floor is yours, sir. Basically, Chris Miller basically thanked Mike Pence for his commitment, for his service, his partnership, mentorship, and then talked about them conducting one of the greatest ops in the history of the world. <laughs> so in all the things that Chris Miller has been, he's only been defense secretary for a little over a month. What? We don't know. Yeah. 
But apparently something's gone on in the last month that might be huge. It'll probably be put out as a buzzer beater. Right? Last minute. Oh, by the way. I'm going to reference back to that tweet from Donald Trump like maybe a year ago where he says, we got them, we caught them all, we got them on tapes, and they know it. Yeah. We never never really followed up on that. But, I mean, he did make it a pretty big... He'll probably retweet it on the one-year anniversary and just drop the mic on all these people. I like it. So this meeting happened over the weekend at the White House. Trump, White House general counsel, including Mark Meadows, Flynn, Patrick Byrne, Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. She was there. You know what? I scavenged and scoured the netherworlds of the internet this week. <laughs> there is no audio from Sidney Powell anywhere this week. She's been She's kind of going under dark. the radar because I think they're trying to make a move to make her White House general counsel. They want to fire everybody and fucking hire her. Start fresh running out of time so what happened was this white house meeting happened the mainstream media tried to first misinformation everybody by saying that donald trump was meeting with all these people to try and activate the military to institute martial law fucking do it right i got ammo for days i'm ready for martial law trump already put out that that was fake news there's there's a lot of other routes we can take let it rip what they want is the Dominion voting machines pretty much nationwide, but more specifically in the swing states. They want access to all of them. They want to sub- subvert the courts. Yeah. And by initiating some elements of that 2018 EO mm-hmm. in regards to foreign interference since domestic mm-hmm. elections, he does have that authority. And that's where things got pretty fucking hot and heated. I guess there's something he needs to sign to send down the chain because he's the top. Yeah. Right? To the peasants. To initiate that. But these guys that have been kissing his fucking ass to his face and behind the scenes doing their own fucking thing for the last four years, it finally came to a head. So Dark to Light podcast uh, hosted by Tracy Beans, who is with DC Undercover, had Patrick Byrne on the day after because... In addition to putting out misinformation about initiating the military, they also said that this guy wasn't there. And he said, fuck that. Yes, I was. And he took selfies of himself all around the White House compound that night. Come on. So bring it. The only time selfies ever helped anybody. Pretty much is when you're taking them at Donald Trump's house. (laughs) Right? So I have some audio clips. We got five clips. They're, They're a little bit long in length, but here's the thing. We're running out the clock. January 6th is coming like a fucking freight train. There's only one week buffer in between that, and it's filled with two federal holidays. And three if you count New Year's. And they really have to figure out what they're going to do. So right now I'm going to give you some excerpts from this, and we'll talk about them in between, about what you guys think, because this guy really... Here's the thing. There's some good stuff that comes out of this, there's some bad stuff that comes out of it, but unfortunately, some of the things that this guy says came out of this meeting, as a Trump supporter, confirms some of our deepest fears in regards to what's really going on behind the scenes. So let's take a listen and see what you guys think. And they got a little negative about it, saying that you were negative about President Trump being successful. I think you were just being more realistic. What, do you, what are the strategies that you guys have been working, and what are—tell us. Well, so first, yeah, I, I, I'm a totally confident that the election was stolen. It was rigged. 
And for all the reasons at this point, I mean, three or four weeks ago, I was on your show, wasn't I, Tracy? And started laying out what I think has since become pretty clear to the whole country what happened, right? That, yeah, I mean, yeah, Frank yeah. and I were asking you tons of questions about it, and it was very straightforward, yep. But I'd say at this point, given the momentum and what's going on, even if Trump plays it perfectly, let's say he has a, a 50 to 75% chance of winning, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said it's a hundred percent chance of winning if he plays it perfectly. And then the question is, does he have? Does he in fact play it perfectly? Well, I don't know. Step number one of playing it perfectly would be to get rid of his general counsel. I saw, and Michael Flynn saw, and Sidney Powell saw, and another lawyer who who was there who may not want her name mentioned, so I won't. But she worked for Sydney. Uh, what we saw was so dispiriting, and I think I got a microcosm of what Trump has put up with for four years. They, uh, they are in an automatic, reflexive mentality of no, we better not, no, we better not, oh, that might be dangerous, oh, no, that might be, oh, no, that would be unusual, better not, without even really considering whatever idea gets, then they go into caucus and they, they figure out why it's no, but their answer is no to everything. And I'll tell you, I mean, I don't, uh, I think that they are personally disrespectful to the president. I came close. There were, I think it was reported in the New York Times, there were people on their feet and raised voices and it was quite raucous. I will say that the only thing I'll say that the president said was at the end of the meeting, he said something like, I don't think there's been a meeting like this in 200 years in the White House. It, it nearly came to... Uh, it was rough. It was, it was, it was definitely angry, right? Because... Look, everybody is well, saying like Pat Cipollone, if he'd taken one more step, I would have bitch slapped the guy. I would have <laughs> bitch slapped him. Reach the point I was preparing a bitch slap if he if he did one more inch of aggressiveness. I don't really know this he guy. Needed but to I, be bitch love I love you. He's a terrible man. Terrible. These guys, his staff, half the White House has gotten the message from the leadership. Uh, we just want to get the president to transition, help us get the president to concede. Now, the people in the White House love Trump. They don't want to concede. They, they think it's here, but they are being told by leaders of various parts of the White House, just get the president to concede. And the reason is those people are leaving the administration and getting cushy, you know, $2 million jobs. <laughs> yep. There you go. $2 million Come jobs. On. And they want to be invited to the right socialite parties in New York and things like that. And that's not going to happen, they fear, if Trump stays and fights or does anything other than swallows his pride and accepts an election that he knows was rigged. I'll tell you, and so it's disheartening because the, the, so I've been swimming on the outside of the administration for a couple months. Now that it's out, I'll point out I'm, I am in Trump Tower. People have put that together. I'm not in here because of Trump. I'm in here because of physical security. Uh, <laughs> Trump didn't even know I was in the White House. I've, I, and I'm paying, you know, I'm paying my own way. You mean, you mean. So there you go. That, that kind of like leads into like, it kind of gives you a baseline for the meeting. You have Powell. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. You want to say it? We don't. Powell. There you go. <laughs> That's a tradition. But we don't have the full crew. Mike Flynn and Patrick Byrne going in, kind of laying it out there, what he needs to do, why he needs to do it, clock's running out. And then you have all the ass kissers that have just been sitting in the White House forever kind of saying, eh, you know, well, we could, well, let's see what happens. When, when they need to understand, that ship is fucking sailed. Like, like I talked about before we let into this segment, we're talking 
days and weeks, mm-hmm. not months and years anymore. So, and soon it's going to be hours, yeah. hours and days. So, <clears throat> here we go with the next clip. I'd like to say that it stays on the same path as funny in regards to talking about bitch slaps, but it gets. <laughs> Honestly, in regards to the people who listen to this kind of a podcast, progressively worse. Check it out. It's going to be 19. How, what are the, what's the strategy to get this man rightfully back in the Oval Office? Yeah, what's the non-military, I I would say, what's the non-military strategy? Because I got to say, I know that there's been a lot of, even the president himself coming out saying, well, there's no, uh, martial law is fake news. I got to say, I I don't know how we survive as a nation if, if, uh, this this tumor that that crosses not only the uh, public sector but the private sector going on into the media and everything else uh, if it's not excised by force we're, we're screwed uh, yeah, it, well, th- we don't need force what we need is the proof we have all the proof in the set you've seen the and the Antrim Michigan computer yep. forensic re- report mm-hmm um, you've seen the statistical outliers you've seen the manuals from Dominion, you've seen the affidavits. We now have, I think, I hear there's tens of thousands of affidavits may have been collected by various organizations from what witnesses, what people, voters experienced and saw and and such. But beyond that, what we should do is what we did on the Michigan. Now, if I tell you too much, it reveals too much of, you know, a strategy. On the other hand, I don't think the other side is blind to what our strategy is. We should do what we did on the Michigan, the Antrim Michigan machines should be done in about six states uh, immediately. And we could have it done in 14 days. And on January 4th, we would have an answer. And I'm totally confident. I'm totally, this is all such hyperbole. I'm totally confident that if we examined the machines forensically and they show no theft, Donald Trump will salute and step down and and go his way. I he's I'm totally confident. That's what this is about. He's not trying. He doesn't want a coup. Doesn't want martial law or military takeover. He will leave gracefully. He just wants to know what the truth is on what happened on November third. And there's one and only one way we can get that truth, which is to examine forensically some machines and ballots. So, yeah. The, well, the ballots, but you know the ballot images at least. Well, the ballots, the ballot images. There's a whole lot of different things to inspect that we really need access to. And that access can be gotten without violating anyone's rights or anything like that. And, you know, they have, by federal law, they have to maintain this and not destroy it for 22 months. Yep. So uh, there's a reason for that. This all should be inspected. They are fighting like hell to have any of this stuff inspected. I don't know if you know, but um, uh, Dominion has, I understand they've shut down their Denver office, which was like their U.S. headquarters. Yep cleared it out, shredded everything there. You know, there's a reason the law says you got to maintain everything for 22 months. So they have, uh, so they have, so what we need to do, they have to maintain things for 22 months so they get inspected. We got to inspect them. And I think there's clearly probable cause for this stuff to be inspected. And in 14 days, if if he signed the right piece of paper today on January 4th, we or we could have the, actually by, by December 31st, we would have, or even by December 27th or 28th, which is Monday, next Monday, we would have a preliminary answer. And by a week later or less than a week later, we would have a final answer. And this country could go forward. And if the election was not stolen, it wasn't stolen. And Donald Trump will salute 
and take that walk to the helicopter and fly away and go play golf the rest of his life. So there you have that part too. One of the big things that they're looking for in regards to what they want to examine is Dominion voting machines. And it sounds like, you know, the gist of that meeting came out to say that if Donald Trump gets what he wants and those machines are analyzed and they don't find the inconsistencies that they're alleging that Sidney Powell is alleged. Sidney Powell. She will have audio by next week. Then she's he, gonna come on one of these days. He'll take a salute. She'll be a guest. And you know what? If she's a, this, the fucking helicopter is gonna land in the cul-de-sac. If she's, she's a, gonna come in my garage and she's gonna have Bud Light with us. If she's, did if she's say, an American. Did, okay? did he say garage? He meant studio. He, yeah, yeah, the studio. Definitely not where all my children's shit is all over the fucking place. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> and if, if they don't get, if they if they can't get those machines. Or if they do get those machines, they're analyzed. There's no inconsistencies, no anomalies. We all know there is. There's but if a there lot. isn't, right. He's taking a salute. He's getting on Air Force One or Marine One to come to the cul-de-sac in National City, California, to yeah. be a guest on our podcast. Right, after he goes to Mar-a-Lago to live happily ever after. He's going to get bored real fast. His second stop will be here. I don't hate it. And we're going to have Bud Lights, even though he doesn't drink. See, I'll here's my fear. one from right now. I don't even care. I'll butt chug it. He I is so rich. Like I feel like I feel like we we have to buy a chair for him because these chairs are just inadequate for his. <laughs> We'd have to have a throne. Yeah, I'll build. I don't care. I'll build a throne. We'll craft a throne. I've never done it, but I will. So don't test me. We're gonna continue down with a couple more excerpts from this interview before we wrap it up, and kind of encompass everything that you know the president's up against right now in regards to the people he's got working closest to him. Start r- real quick. I posted last night on Twitter, there was this, uh, a senator from Georgia did a preliminary summary. Um, it's about 15 pages long of the hearing that was had in Georgia. And, and he recommends at the end that immediately Georgia reconvenes, decertifies the election and sends the Trump slate under their constitutional duty. Now, that, does, that doesn't mean that Kemp is going to call a special session. Quite obviously, we know. But... Kemp's dirty. Uh, obvi- yes. He's... Yes. There's more and more coming out on that man every single day. But here's my question. And With, it's going to keep coming out. I'm going to fuck these guys up. Good. I'm I think... I, I'm, listen. I'm a pissed off Irishman. I don't care what happens. I, well, I do care what happens on January 20th. But come rain, mud, sugar, blood... These guys have a cyber army tracking them and deconstructing. They're dirty. They're, they're every dirty. I like the sound of that. Look, this is why I made Uncover DC in the first place, right? To, to just document and, and inform the American people about what the hell is actually going on. And has, it, the, has Kemp's $100 million no-bid contract to Dominion, has that gotten written about yet or figured out publicly? Yes, they've talked about that extensively. How about the consulting fee that was paid? Has that been researched? You know about the $11 million consulting fee? No, I haven't heard about that consulting fee. Look into the implementation fee. There was a $10.8 million implementation fee or consulting fee paid. Look into who received that consulting fee. So there you go. Some of the things that we've talked about on the show and covered extensively, like the Dominion contract. I didn't really know about the consulting fee. He brought that up. We'll have to do more research on that. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm sure there's people that will do research. I'll consult for that that amount for sure. God. Whatever you want me to consult on, I'll do it. Right? I do like the fact that he said Governor Kemp is 
Let me see. It's fucking dirty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the F word. And fuck. We've been saying this on a weekly basis. There are nerds who govern the internet. And the nerds govern right. the internet. They will fucking get into your shit. And be able to see you. exactly what you, yeah, and he mentioned this that find your browser history and I'll post it on Twitter. He's got a cyber army that are all over this guy and making it really difficult for him to fucking squirm around right now because what they need is for him to call. See, we talked about uh the decertification of the original electoral votes casted, and then we read that clause H in the proposal mm-hmm. to award it to the duly elected winner. Governor Kemp would have to call a special counsel. He's very reluctant to that now. Anything that anybody does in any of these states now, we're talking about, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and Georgia. If, if any of the elected officials were to do anything, it would be them admitting, number one, that they were wrong or lied, and number two, admitting defeat. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a lot of people... We've basically gotten to the point to where it's, like, fucking proven, you know? Yeah. I'm going to euthanize this dog. Huh? I'm going to euthanize him, <laughs> which means I'm going to murder him. I, I, no, I kind of like your dog. So That's because he humps your leg. He does not hump my leg. He gets good boy pets. He's going <clears> to <throat> bust an oyster on your leg one day. That's disgusting. <clears throat> we should probably wrap this up because this has been one shit show of an episode as far as all the drama we've incurred while we aired. There was a lot, and there will be some creative editing going into this one. We yeah. are very close right now to the end of our podcast. We're going to have just a little bit more, a little bit more from this interview. Not that she's speaking, but probably because Sydney Powell, Sydney Powell was there. America. Next clip, 21. And we're not asking to overturn an election. The way these people frame it, these lefties frame it is so loathsome. We're not asking to overturn an election. We want the accurate election results. Not uh, so, uh, so that's what we want. And there's provision in the Constitution for us to be doing exactly what we're doing, which is to keep drilling and try to find this. You know, we've gotten so little cooperation. You know, in Arizona, the Maricopa Board of Electors decided they were going to ignore a subpoena. Yeah. And did you know that they were three Republicans, one Democrat? Yep. It's, Is that unreal? Well, oh, all no, those no, kinds it's, of it's people un- should be voted out of office. You should be signing. If you're a Republican and you don't stand up now, you should be slitting your own throat politically. Yeah. Amer- it should be the only question that the American citizens ask in every future election. Did this guy, what did he do when we came down to that that 20, uh, 2020 election? Where did he stand? And if a Republican does something like that, that the first question that should be asked of them, and they should be voted out. They should be slitting their throats from an uh, elect- electoral point of view. So I, I, I like the fact that he mentioned in regards to the totality of all this stuff and the senators and congressmen and women who are reluctant to kind of pick up the sword and fight this fight if they really feel that it's what's right. Not that it saves their political asses, but if it's the right thing to do. And he said, you know, not standing up for this president in this moment with all the evidence and all the stuff going on is basically political suicide because moving forward, there will be people, remember, 74 million people Mm -hmm. voted for this president, and they will be asking, what the fuck did you do 
when Stop the Steal was going on during the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really big, you know, talking point that at a future date, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into a little bit more as the uh, weeks progress here towards January 6th. Um, got a little bit more audio from this. It, it's just a lot of good information to kind of get inside the Oval Office. Um, let's check out the next clip and then, then we'll talk about it briefly. will get their nice little positions because they'll it'll be a big farce every election will be a big farce now one more question i'm a little fiery this morning patrick i'm Don't sorry <laughs> what does he have to lose in signing this paper what does he have to lose that's what he repeatedly said and guys like the legal staff and and others. Uh, I happen to like Mark Meadows. I was probably too harsh on him in a tweet. He's he's a nice guy. He's not a venal guy. I'm not sure he's a strong guy. But these other guys were venal. They are deceptive. They are tricking their client, the president. I saw it, and it was they're bad guys. Mark Meadows isn't a bad guy, but I think he's probably also in the mode of his life gets a lot easier if he just lets this play out and Trump gone. His life is a lot easier he than thinks if he doesn't. It does. He thinks it gets easier. It doesn't at the end of the day because these people, there's no loyalty amongst thieves. No, but they're all getting they're all getting job offers and lobbyists and stuff. They'll make millions. If they can just ease Trump out, they will be rewarded with millions. If they and they know it and they know that if they fight this, they will not. Those job offers go away. Well, we so need to figure out a way to get this. Mm. Yeah. So what what would have he has nothing to lose and he repeat, he said that a couple times. I'm not going to say too much of what the president said, but he did say to them, you know, he he said basically, what have you done? What have you done about anything? What have you done about the Durham report? What have you done about? I mean, he really gave them a tongue lashing. Only after they were incredibly rude, they went from shouting at me and Flynn, and there was a point where and Sydney, and Flynn stood on his feet. And but he was very calm and measured and professional like a general was. But I'll tell you, Flynn turned to these three lawyers and said, because they were so defeatist and so just uh, bananas, car you know, carved out of bananas. Flynn finally got to his feet. They were all on their feet. And he took to his feet and he said, uh, but very gentlemanly, he said, I just want to ask you one question. Do you think the president won? Can you say you think the president won? And I and I and they all sort of looked at their 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 toes and looked around and nobody would answer the question. Nobody would even Mark Meadows would not answer the question. You're kidding me. Would not answer the question. And, you know, I, where he was going was, well, if you thought he won, if you agree he won, then what are we doing to make sure the election doesn't get stolen? And not a single one of them would answer the question. Not, not the lawyers. Mark Meadow was on the phone, so I, I shouldn't group him with that. But the other three people, he was on that phone for that part of the meeting. The other, the three lawyers there looked at their toes, hemmed and hawed, did, you know, looked for some answer that, you know, looked to each other to get, it was disgusting. So basically, like I was saying at the top of this segment, some of our worst fears confirmed in that last little audio clip sure our second to last one today um during that meeting general flynn asked 
do you think Donald Trump won the election, to which his personal advisors just basically looked down at their feet and skirted the answer. They wouldn't straight up, no one would say yes. So what, so you what do you think about that? You should be an ignoramus if you think Trump lost. Now, I could see, dude, if it was like one state and it was super close, the fact is that if you are not retarded and you look at just, dude, if you look at social media, if you look at people what are geotagging and people are hashtagging, you look at Biden's rallies when there's 12 people and half of them are paid to be there. Because eight people. Eight people. Four people, one people, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. They're paid to be there because they're on staff or they're reporters. And then you look at, dude, Trump had rallies in Beverly Hills, one of the most liberal Malibu zip codes in the country. And people were coming out hot with boats and yachts and limos and Hummers. And it was like something we've never seen. There was not parades like that for Obama. There was not parades like that for Hillary. There's parades like that for Trump because he's a blue collar, he's a construction worker, he's a blue collar person. He built half of New York, he built Vegas, he built all these empires. That's the person he is and he surrendered a salary. He's literally not been paid for 4 years and he's prepared to not be paid for another four years then you have biden who can't remember which shoe he put on and people are saying that this guy won and it's like dude i talk to liberal friends okay and they i have people tell me i didn't vote for biden yeah and i'm like the literally it was a voting revolution that came through of people that didn't vote for him because they didn't trust him they didn't trust the narrative they didn't trust that Kamala Harris was coming in hot out of nowhere to be vice president. Right, that she doesn't have some second agenda. That she had to drop out before her own state even voted for her in the primary. Ri- ridiculous. Because she was south of 2%. And then, okay, let's just, before we close, I want to throw Bernie Sanders under the gun. If I ever see him, I'm going to punch him the hardest I can. I'm going to John in Jones his, spinning out, spinning elbow right in the throat. In his old man face? Yeah. You and know, he's going to be like, Nick Pranacana, that was the best Spitting back elbow I've ever seen. I can't even breathe. I'm gonna jack his shit up. You know why? Because he's a sellout. You know we love memes on this show. It's gonna be a meme. So, I'll, so, I will show somebody... you a video of me doing spinning back elbow. I got a pretty good one. Just Photoshop Bernie Sanders just in the freaking cuss of that. So because so, here's the, before you before you put the nail in the coffin, this fucking jackass promised free stuff to everybody. Right. The minute he was shown, hey, just so you know. Hillary Clinton used Dominion software to fuck your shit up. You know what he did? Took the money and ran. He went on Facebook and Facebook Live and YouTube, and he told the whole world how he was screwed over. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. He took the money, and he ran. And he hasn't said shit since. Because literally, people told him, hey, this Dominion software thing, we think in 2016, Hillary Clinton, and he took his money and ran. It's like, dude, die with your boots on. If you're going to stand for free stuff... Don't get bought out. That's the complete opposite of what you've been standing for. True story. True story. Well, shit, fuck. No. Come on, Bernie. Speaking of Bernie, we like memes. I love memes. I saw a picture today. Bernie Sanders was receiving his fake coronavirus vaccine, and someone put the caption like, oh, my God, they're finally putting Bernie Sanders down. (laughs) (laughs) I uploaded it to our Instagram page. What's fucked up about that is it's probably... Dude, if he croaks like in two weeks, that's what happened. 
do you know damn well you got an empty syringe. <laughs> they're all syringe. getting empty syringes what about nancy pelosi with the orange cap on it uh, you and i do work where we deal with syringes I every day know. that bright ass orange cap is a safety cap i've seen that a thousand times listen we made it this far uh, Aside from talking about <laughs> the stimulus checks, which is a direct correlation to coronavirus, we're not fucking talking about coronavirus. It's today. a dick slap. That's it. The bowling ball. Last clip. Last clip, and then we got to wrap. Wrapping this up. it up from this meeting. I got ribs in the smoker. Besides that, we have this legitimacy of the republic at stake. Talking about Star Wars. What? Republic. Oh. And Lauren. Wow. Yeah. I. Side note: I cried like a baby. I've been drunk for like the past week straight every day. Mm-hmm. Today was no exception. This is the world we live in. Definitely not an exception because the stress I was in. It's tough. I was started drinking at 11. But let's cap this audio yeah. and then we'll bring it home with all of our usual thank yous and shout outs. Right, smiley faces. Let's let it rip. Was ready to throw it. I was furious at these guys and they needed it. They would not answer that question. They would not answer that question that every, all of your listeners, everybody with any a room temperature IQ can see that it should have at least deep questions, misgivings about what happened on November 3rd. None of them would even answer that question. That's what Trump is surrounded by. And he turned, frankly, he turned several times and said, you see what you got to put up with? And I said, sir, it is surreal. The CEO to CEO, what I'm seeing here is surreal. You are being poor. And at one point, his lawyers started shouting at him, started shouting at the president. That's when I should have decked them. I mean, they, it was they, they were standing and shouting at him. They are they are desk pukes. You know what they are? They're desperate to keep him from doing what he knows is needs to be done. They're desperate. That's why they're reacting that way. They I are. mean, we, Flynn and I and Sydney after 30 minutes. And by the way, Sydney at one point got up on her feet and gave them a tongue lashing. Uh, they are they are desperate and it became you know after a half hour of rationalizations and mealy mouth bullshit it became completely clear that what you just said is true they are desperate to get Trump to just at one point I said and right in front of them I said sir just so you know it is uh, you know I you know I've been swimming on the outskirts of your administration here in town for a couple months I've met a lot of people who work here they are telling me that they are getting the message from these people that they are getting the message from their leadership to just get the president to concede. And that, that's the only time the president was, I'd say, startled and not lost his composure. But he was mm. he said, who, 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 who's saying that? And I said, there's this guy, Pat Cipollone. I keep hearing his name. He's the guy telling everyone. to. And the president looked at the guy standing two steps back from me. And I said, are you Pat Cipollone? Yeah, well, that's okay. This is the guy. And then Pat Cipollone said, he didn't even deny it. He gave this sort of mealy mouth. Well, I don't even know what I said, what he said. And I said, Mr. President, this guy's lying through his teeth. He's lying through his teeth to you. He's, I can get three people up here right now who can, t- into the, who can tell you. Uh, in half an hour, he had three people into the White House who can tell you they are getting told by this leadership, just get the president to concede. See, so that I mean, is who Donald Trump is relying on. He's relying on people who are lying to him and who secretly wanted to get out the door so they can go to their $2 million salary. You were I say- hope he fucking fires them all. Pardon well, me. that was my Sydney next Powell question. Said you should fi- we all said to him right in front of them. We said, you should fire these guys right now. Make Sydney in charge. Put Flynn. I said, put Flynn, Flynn's your general. Make Flynn. He's the people's general. 
make him your your guy, your field marshal to run this, and you will be in on January 20th. You will be in and have Sidney Powell be your White House general counsel, and you will win this battle if you stick with these people you have on this side of me, you're not going to win this. So you, you can see they want you to lose. They absolutely want you to lose. And the president was, well, I don't want to say too much of what he said, but none of this was falling on deaf ears. If anything, he was saying, basically, do you see what I put up with for four years? And I, my heart broke for the guy. I've never, you know that I did not vote for the president, and I've been clear, and he understands that, but he's very gentlemanly about it. He's a, he was, he's very gentlemanly. And that became clear between us, and I, you know, but that that, and he knew that, but, and but I told him my my I may have been wrong. My estimation of him has gone up and up and up. Uh, and certainly, what he's had to deal with became clear to me. This this meeting went on for four and a half hours, both in the Oval Office and in the cabinet room and in the residence. And uh, I, in those four and a half hours, I got a very complete picture of what Donald Trump's been dealing with for four years, and I find it amazing he got done as much as he did, mm -hmm. because his own senior staff is disloyal, starting with the eight goons that Chris Christie tried to bring in, who all turned out four years later to be signing letters against voting for Donald Trump, right up to the, the, senior, the senior legal staff. Now, Mark Meadows, I do not mean to, to group like that. He's, he's, he seems to me more of a go-along guy, and he's going to go along with the easiest path. He's not, he's not fighting one way or the other. But these lawyers are absolutely fighting against the president. And with no—I mean, Sidney Powell was there and he's able to easily knock down whatever legal arguments they had. They don't have legal Yeah, because arguments. they're lying to him about what he can and can't do. Correct. I mean, they're lying to him about what he can and can't do, and he—, he Listen, at the end of the day, did he fire Cipollini like you said on Twitter last night? I don't know. I, that was that was just a rumor I heard on the grounds of the White House. So I don't know if he fired him or not. But yeah. So there you have it. I mean, that's going to that's going to wrap up the audio from that interview from uh, the Dark Delight podcast. I mean, it kind of paints a grim picture. Like there's a lot of people in this country right now who are holding the line, um, whether it be on social media, people doing podcasts, all the way up to your elected <coughs> officials. But the fact of the matter that is that that kind of defeatist bullshit, when, when we are so close to just being strong, is happening in the Oval Office. I mean, we need a, yeah, we need a quick, quick course correction, yeah. and we need it fast. So Well... I mean, an encouragement. It's not over. No, not by a long shot. You know, and and to the new listeners, maybe you found our podcast this past week. Go back, start at episode what fourteen ish. Yeah, that's when it starts. The one after the election show. If you watch the election or if you listen to the election, it's literally five and a half hours of um, not true. First two hours, gold standard. Last three hours, complete shit. Yeah, we had smoked um, everything. I don't know what we smoked. I actually tried. I think I tried tip ribs, but there was a lot of beer. Listen to that if you're like on a road trip. After that, it was gold. Every week's been facts. It's been an update on the election. You know, the people at this table, Steak for Breakfast podcast, believe this is not over. We still have time. You have Rudy Giuliani, who literally took down the Italian mob in the U.S. on the case. And um, he's a savage. He's not giving up. If he hasn't given up, then we as Americans, as patriots, haven't given up 
Um, there's still an avenue for Trump to win, regardless of what CNN, Fox News, um, MSNBC says. There's still an avenue. Trump's not worried. We're not worried. We're, we're um, keeping the faith. And, um, you know, don't, don't stress about it. Have a good Christmas. Drink some beer. Tomorrow's hearing, Georgia uh-huh. State Senate, is going to be huge. There's rumors going around huge. right now. They're going to subpoena um, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and Gabrielle Sterling to appear. Oh, yeah. So tomorrow is the big election fraud hearing in Georgia. Um, one of these states is going to flip soon. Um, it's going to be Pennsylvania or Georgia. I mean, the if other not ones are both. There, right? If not both. Um, before we get out, let's our top posters of the week, and those are people we steal memes from and put on our own yes. Instagram page. Thank you. You can find our Instagram page at Steak for Breakfast Podcast. All one word, no underscores. One word. Don't put in a hashtag because we're definitely not trending yet. And if you fucking give us a one star review on iTunes, finding your ass. Whoever you are, we're close. We're gonna get your ass. And when we find you, it'll be the last review you ever leave. Yeah, it sure will. You're definitely not getting that signed Trump hat. Axia Queen 4.0, Law of One.22, Baby Cakes 2.0, and What <laughs> I Meme to Say. They're our top shit posters of the week. Um, we the People Radio, been listening to their show. Yes. We're looking to collab with them in the new year. If you like our show and you want it with, Deluxe version, YouTube video, and New Jersey accents. You want to listen to them. We, yeah. we the People Radio. They got a great podcast. They've had some amazing guests. On. They're on the same plane as us, right? But better, uh, but bigger. You They've sure? just been at it longer, right? And and they're holding the line with us. Tom Pappert at the National File. Um, he will report the news first. He will sit down with Alex Jones. He's a fucking true I patriot. I love Alex Jones and Tracy Beans. DC Undercover, Dark Delight Podcast. She's also holding the line. She put out an emotional plea on Twitter to Donald Trump the other day. It was about two minutes long. It got almost two million views, basically begging him to do everything we want him to do. Shit. Not shit. Fire everyone and do what you need to do to get over the line. Get over the finish line. So you got our IG. I'm on Parlor. Torres 77 Nick Pern on Parlor. I think it's the same on Twitter, but I really don't. I just love God follow me. I have like 100 followers. Nick has like 12 followers. Please. So we just got over 1K (laughs) followers on our IG page. Yeah. We're we're really proud of that because we're we're constantly posting updates to our story. We're we're trying to hit you with some fire memes. And some facts. Lots of facts. So follow Steak for Breakfast podcast on Instagram. That's a big one. And also, you fucking assholes, if you listen to this show... Just rate and review. You don't have to write a review, but just like slide five stars. On, on iTunes, as close to the five stars as possible, as far away from the one star as possible. Look, on Christmas, you're going to have access to a lot of people's phones. Your grandma, your uncle, okay. who, Chester, who would never see. Grab his phone, log into it, whatever you have to do, and just go to his app, Apple Podcast app, find steak for breakfast, and then just give it five stars. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to tell him. Um, do it to your grandma, your seven-year-old, you know, Uncle Alfred, who's about to die. And, and when you do stuff like that, it doesn't necessarily improve our ratings. However, it does make us feel better about ourselves. Yeah, and you're a patriot by 
taking your dead relatives' iPhones and rating us on iTunes. Spotify, Stay Spotify. for Breakfast podcast. And for all you weirdo fucktards who listen to podcasts on uh, Pandora. Pandora. If you're a serial killer, or if you're one of Donald Trump's general counsel lawyers. There is a serial killer. Yeah. I'm, I swear to God, I'm sure there's one who's like found our podcast and you listen to it on Pandora. If you, if Look, we're not going to judge you. Before you <laughs> murder a ton of people... Hit us up, like us. 2001 wanted music distribution yeah. back. But aside from that, and I think most importantly, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Right. All you Mexicans. Happy birthday, Jesus. Yes. Just remember, spend as much time. Super spreader event with your family. Yeah. Do it. Eat it's, some barbecue. Listen. Like an American. These days are not guaranteed, so don't neglect what you could do with your family today because you might not have it tomorrow or next year. I hope everybody has a uh, Merry Christmas, and we'll be back again next week. This is the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Yep. And I'm Roan. I'm Nick. And we have a, a, a guest. Uh, cousin Bubba. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take you out now with, there's only one more. What could be more wholesome than a Donald Trump Christmas send-off? Come on. Bring it. Let it rip. My fellow Americans. Melania and I are delighted to wish America and the entire world a very Merry Christmas. At this time of year, we see the best of America and the soul of the American people. We see children packing boxes to brighten the Christmases of our brave men and women in uniform. We see families reaching out to neighbors in need. And we see communities coming together to serve one another. In the season of joy, we spend time with our families. We renew the bonds of love and goodwill between our citizens. And most importantly, we celebrate the miracle of Christmas. For Christians, we remember the story of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph that began more than 2,000 years ago. As the book of Isaiah tells us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This good news is the greatest Christmas gift of all, the reason for our joy and the true source of our hope. This Christmas season, we celebrate our blessings as Americans, and we pray for peace all over the world. On behalf of Melania, myself, Baron, and the entire Trump family, God bless you, God bless America, and have a very, very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.